This holiday season, give the perfect gift of intrigue and excitement with the Mystery Kids Podcast Patreon subscription. For just $5 a month, treat yourself or your kiddos to the gift that keeps on giving. Three exclusive bonus episodes every month. Picture this under the tree, a monthly dose of thrilling content featuring special episodes like our enchanting animal adventures, spine-tingling bonus mysteries, and the hair-raising monster of the month. Unravel mysteries with the whole family and make this Christmas unforgettable with exclusive behind-the-scenes access and engaging content that goes beyond the ordinary. Join our Patreon community today and unwrap a world of captivating stories because the best presents are the ones that keep you guessing. On this episode of the Mystery Kids Podcast, we'll talk about the largest tornado ever recorded. Welcome to Mystery Kids Podcast. Welcome, Mystery Kids. We are here to celebrate this beautiful Thanksgiving week with you. Before we jump into this episode, I first need to shout out our birthday shout outs. And if you have not got your name on the birthday form, go fill it out. It's in the show notes. That way you can get your child's birthday shout out. You just have to drop it in the notes there and then I can grab their birthday on their birthday month. So happy birthday for these November kids. Happy birthday to Theodore J, Hobbs McLeod, Jackson Vreeland, Eloisa Bryn, Anita, Liam Van Summerly, Ellie and Mia Mulford, who are twins. So happy, happy birthday. I hope you have a wonderful November. And a huge welcome to our newest patrons or subscribers. If you are a patron or a subscriber, subscribers, it's hard for you to get a hold of me the way that Spotify has it. Um, I need to figure out a way that you guys can message me. But for now, head over to my Instagram at the Mystery Kids Podcast and send me a note through there um, so I can make sure that your kids get a shout out for becoming a patron or a sponsor. So thank you so much for being here. So our newest patrons and sponsors which they also have birthdays this month too um so our newest patron beckett his birthday was november 1st and he will be 10 so happy birthday beckett happy birthday to rachel carey she will be 11 on november 24th so happy birthday and then we've got michael that is a listener too and they are both from israel so happy birthday and oh my goodness i can't believe there's it blows my mind that there's people that listen from all over the world. So thank you for being here. And then we also have a thank you to our new subscribers, Anna, Briar, and Harrison. Thank you so much. I'm so grateful you're here and I'm grateful you guys are getting that extra bonus content now that there's three extra episodes a month. So I hope you guys love it and the backlog of for years and years and years of extra episodes as well. So Thanks for being subscribers and continuing to support this podcast. Also, if you are a patron or subscriber or want to be or have tried to be a patron in the past, um, the patron app is fantastic, except for it wasn't for a while there, but they just did some major updates and rebranded the whole patron thing. It is so much easier to find things and to look up topics and to find episodes and to listen to episodes. So it's, they have made their system work 
even more beautifully. And so I'm so grateful that they put all that effort in because that's the best way for you to listen to all the bonus content I have. All right, we are jumping into this episode of the largest tornado. Now we were this morning, we were looking at tornadoes, so we are moving. So we currently live in Las Vegas. We moved here from Utah, a small little town in Utah, and we moved to Las Vegas and we've decided <laughs> to move across the country. We will be moving to Arkansas. So any fellow Arkansas listeners, we are going to be heading your way and we are super excited. We'll be moving there in a couple months. And as we were talking to a friend who lives in Missouri, um, she was telling us about tornadoes and prepping us because we will be moving in during tornado season. And after living in the West area, the Western United States, tornadoes, they've happened in Utah a few times in my lifetime, but they're not common. So the fact that there's a whole season dedicated to them um, is going to be brand new for us. So me and my boys for school today, we talked about tornadoes. We talked about how they're made. Um, we specifically watched the Joplin tornado and learned more about that. And I'm going to do an episode after we move and go visit Joplin because I want to talk about Joplin and the butterfly people. But I decided to look up today the world's largest, um, do I say, did I say volcano? I meant tornado. I keep interchanging them and they are not interchangeable. A volcano and a tornado are very much two different disasters. So I am really excited about this one. And honestly, I'd never heard about it, even though it's happened in my lifetime. I don't remember hearing about it. So today we're gonna to be learning about the El Reno tornado that happened in El Reno, Oklahoma in May of 2013. During the early evening of Friday, May 31st, 2013, there was an extremely large and powerful tornado that occurred over the rural areas of central Oklahoma. Now, this rain-wrapped multiple vortex tornado was the wildest tornado ever recorded, and it was part of the largest weather system that produced tons of dozens of tornadoes over the preceding days. The tornado initially touched down at 6.03 p.m. Central Daylight Time at about 8.3 miles or 13.4 kilometers west, um, southwest of El Reno. Now it's rapidly growing in size and it becomes more violent as it tracks through central portion of Canadian country. Now remaining over mostly open terrain, the tornado did not impact many structures. However, measurements from the mobile weather radars revealed extreme winds up to 135 ms. I'm not really sure what that stands for. It's got next to it 302 miles per hour and um, 486 kilometers per hour within the vortex, which I was watching a, um, we watched a thing that like was size comparison to volcano or to tornadoes, not volcanoes, tornadoes. Um, we were watching a size comparison and I thought an F5 was the largest tornado like you could get to. I did not realize that they have had bigger than F5 tornado. I didn't know that was a thing. So they said on average, the winds are about like 200 on the larger ones. But the fact that this one was 302 
was a really powerful and large tornado. These are among the highest observed wind speeds on Earth, just slightly slower, slightly lower than the wind speeds of the 1999 Bridge Creek Moore tornado as it crossed the US 81. It had grown to a record breaking width of 2.6 miles. So that means that the tornado funnel that was on the ground was 2.6 miles wide. And like the average person, I think walks a mile, maybe like 22-ish minutes. I'm gonna take that off of my own walking. <laughs> but if you were gonna try to like get out of the way of this, it would take what, 44 minutes, more than 44 minutes, probably about 50 minutes just to get out of its way. And by that time it would be gone. So it was beating the previous width records set in 2004. Now it turned northeastward, the tornado it soon weakened. And that happens when a tornado is like super powerful and all of a sudden it's like, okay, I'm done. I'm done with my, I'm done with my time here. So upon crossing Interstate 40, the tornado dissipated around 6.43 p.m. So it touched ground for 40 minutes. So after tracking for 16.2 miles or 26.1 kilometers, it avoided affecting the more densely populated areas within the Oklahoma City metropolitan area. So it did, however, kill four storm chasers, um, the first known deaths in the history of storm chasing. Although the tornado remained over mostly open terrain, there were dozens of storm chasers unaware of the size and the erratic movement that this tornado happened to have. So the scientist and engineer, um, along with his son, Paul, so Tim, Paul, and his research partner, Carl, they died in the tornado. Um, they were ejected from their vehicle and just absolutely horrible that they were, they were injured while chasing a storm. And that's a lot of people are like, that's really irresponsible, but that's also the way that we're getting so much knowledge about tornadoes because they are very unpredictable and strange. I mean, if you look at it, there was an entire movie based off of how weird tornadoes were. It's called the wizard of Oz or twister, depending on which movie you're watching. But <laughs> the, like there are literal shows based off of the strange weird things because tornadoes are very very um unknown and they're still being studied a lot so this tornado was responsible for eight fatalities and 151 injuries and it didn't even land in a major city so due to the ferocity and the sheer size as well as the erratic movements it made the deaths linked with this tornado it's become one of the most studied and infamous tornadoes ever uh, the national weather service referred to the tornado as the most dangerous tornado in storm observing history there was rush hour traffic during this time, so thousands of residents in Oklahoma attempted to outrun the storm by taking the roads in an attempt to drive out around the tornado's projected path. By attempting to escape the storm by vehicle in direct contrast to the recommended plan of action, um, so they, they recommend you do not stay in a car during a tornado. Residents actually put themselves at great risk from the storm. Had the tornado maintained itself and passed over the congested freeways, more than 500 lofts, lives could have been lost in that time. 
Initially, the El Reno Tornado was only given a EF3 rating based on its damage, but once they had their radar updated, the radar actually estimated at an EF5, the highest scale based on data from the mobile radar. Um, they analyzed that the winds primarily analyzed at an excess of 296 miles per hour. These winds are considered the second highest ever, ever measured worldwide, just shy of 302 or 22, plus 22 miles an hour. Um, these are very, they're, they're like written very strange. They have like a interesting sign that I've never learned before. It must be like some scientific sign that goes with it. But so it wasn't the fastest tornado, but it was the largest tornado. Since the tornado stayed in mostly open terrain, um, the damage was relatively light, although it was still significant in some locations um, and in comparison to its extreme intensity. Surveys from the National Weather Service revealed that the structures of its past sustained EF3 level damage at most, even though it was an EF5 level tornado but it's because the damage wasn't as severe if it would have touched down in Oklahoma City it would have been an absolute nightmare and the destruction would have been crazy just to see the one from Joplin like and that was an EF5 in Joplin as well it was actually measured larger than the typical EF5 so um, there, it's, there was so much damage. So the West livestock market was described as a war zone, sustaining extensive damage. Several large steel frame warehouses and buildings were destroyed. Multiple large brick buildings near um, the Canadian Valley Technology Center were heavily damaged and destroyed. A large metal wind turbine prop blade was thrown 100 yards or 91 meters to, into the site of a daycare building on the property. Um, damage totaled in the locations were estimated up to $40 million. One farmstead consisting of a large barn, a cattle barn, three machine sheds, granaries, and the owner's home was completely destroyed. So as the tornadoes approached Oklahoma City Metro, thousands of residents decided to leave the area for safety, possibly due to the still fresh memories of the devastation caused um, by the EF5 tornado that struck Moore on May 20th. So already congested with rush hour traffic, the interstates became a parking lot as the storm got near. Residents reported the highways to be a scene of chaos. People were going southbound in northbound lanes. Everyone was running for their life. It had been suggested that the evacuation was partially caused by controversial call for action on air by a meteorologist who suggested during coverage of the storm that the tornado was projected on track to hit Oklahoma City. So everyone began to panic because it was the, the, the meteorologist is like, it's going to hit our city. And so everyone went into a frenzy. Um, residents without underground storm shelters or safe rooms get into their cars and they evacuate south the south side of the track. So instead of going to their storm shelters and their safe rooms, which you're supposed to do in an evacuation, they got into their vehicles, which is what you're told not to do. I did not know that until today. I would have been like, I'm going to outrun this. Don't do that. You're not supposed to do that. We'll go into things that you're supposed to do during a tornado after this. 
So this advice is contrary to the recommended plan to go into an interior room, a bathtub or closet with no windows if no basement or underground shelter is available. These locations are typically much safer than an automobile in tornado winds. So it is stated that the tornado tracked directly over congested highways and that death toll would have been even higher if they would have gone to the highways. So there is a satellite image of the Oklahoma City area on June 2nd. So what that's two days after, and there is an actual scar on this satellite image of where the tornado, because it was such a large, large tornado. It left a scar that you can see in satellite damage. So now we know what the largest volcano was. Now let's learn what to do if a tornado comes your way. Also, I recognize I probably said volcano instead of tornado, and I don't know. I I struggle with ADHD, and I struggle sometimes with my words not matching what I'm trying to say. So if you've been on this podcast a long time, you know I've mixed my words up, and I don't want that to hold me back from giving you guys information, just like I wouldn't want things that you do that you might see as a flaw to hold you back from what you do. So I apologize profusely if I kept saying volcano or tornado. If I re-recorded it, I would do the exact same thing and just get more and more frustrated with myself and I'd rather just be able to give you information. So anytime I said volcano, I want you to giggle and be like, Tess meant to say tornado. (laughs) All right, so what do you do when a tornado happens near you. According to the weather, the National Weather Service, um, what you do when a tornado strikes, and it's very important that you act quickly if a tornado actually touches down, you need to stay weather ready. You need to continue to listen to the local news or the NOAA weather radio to stay up to date about tornado watches and warning. If you're at your house, and you're in a tornado warning, go to your basement, your safe room, or an interior room away from the windows. Don't forget your pet if you have time that allows to grab your pet. At your workplace or school, follow your tornado drill and proceed to your tornado shelter location quickly and calmly. You need to stay away from windows and do not go into large open rooms like cafeteria, gymnasiums, or auditoriums. Outside, you need to seek shelter in a sturdy building immediately if a tornado is approaching. Sheds and storage facilities are not safe. Neither is a mobile home or a tent. I would agree, a tent would be a horrible choice. I thought they would go with like an RV or like a tent. Don't go into a tent, that will not make it. We have a tent in the backyard where we have sand and last night's winds were so bad it put holes in them. So I can't imagine a tornado. Um, If you have time, get to a safe building. So it's probably important if you live in a tornado area to know where your local safe buildings are. So if you are in a vehicle, it is not safe. The best course of action is to drive to the closest shelter. If you are unable to make it to a safe shelter, either get down in your car, cover your head, or abandon your car and seek shelter in a low-lying area such as a ditch or a ravine. So now we know what to do. And my boys were getting a little anxious. They're like, oh, we're gonna move where there's tornadoes and there's these scary tornadoes, but they are not 
very likely. The likelihood of a large volcano is very, very rare. So we're gonna talk about the likelihood of a large volcano or tornado if you live in a tornado area. And I remember when, I can't remember what year this was, I was probably, I was in sixth grade. So it was a minute ago. And I remember my mom at the time, she worked in downtown Salt Lake. And I remember my teacher had moved from a tornado state. And my teacher kept saying that morning, man, it feels like tornado weather. It feels like home. It feels like tornado weather. And I kept having that like weird feeling of like, we don't have tornadoes here in Utah. We have mountains, there can't be tornadoes. And then there was a tornado that touched down in Salt Lake City, Utah, which actually happened to be very close to my mom's work. It was such a crazy, crazy story. And I think they had one just a couple years ago also. So there's been a couple strange tornadoes that happen in the strangest of places. So we can't discount that it's never gonna happen it's probably less likely to happen even if you don't live in a tornado area. The states with the most frequent tornadoes known as the tornado hot zones are Oklahoma, Arkansas, Kansas, Texas, Alabama, and Mississippi. They are the first of tornado risks. Kind of outside of that, you are less likely to have a tornado in your area. I will link this YouTube video that talks about the tornado size comparison. It's very interesting to actually visually see the size comparison. So the average tornado, so an EF0, its diameter is 10 meters or 33 feet. Its speed is 105 to 137 kilometers, kilometers per hour, kilometers per hour, or 65 to 85 miles per hour. It causes minor damage, peels off surface of some roofs, some damage to tracks or roads, and it um, breaks branches off of trees. Next up is an EF1. Its diameter, so around its base, is 34 meters or 110 feet. Its speed is 138 to 177 kilometers per hour or 86 to 110 miles per hour. It is moderate damage, roofs are severely stripped, mobile homes are overturned, and windows and doors are broken. Next up is an EF2. Its diameter is 120 meters or 400 feet. Its speed is 178 to 217 kilometers per hour. And then um, 111 to 137 or 135 miles per hour. It causes considerable damage. Roofs are torn off houses, large trees are snapped and cars are lifted off the ground. Next up is the EF3. It has a diameter of 240 meters or 800 feet. Its speed is 218 or 266 kilometers per hour or 136 to 165 miles per hour. Now this will cause severe damage. Well-constructed houses will be destroyed, trains will be overturned and trees debarked. Cars will be lifted off the ground and thrown. Next in size, it talks about the largest fire whirl. Um, and this was caused by the great Kantio earthquake in Japan. 
Um, if you want to know this, this was a, ignited a city-sized firestorm and produced a fire world that killed 38,000 people in 15 minutes. Okay, so just so you know, that is the Patreon episode. This month is all about the largest fire whirl. Next up is our EF4. This has a diameter of 700 meters or 2,000 feet. Um, its speed can go from 267 to 322 kilometers per hour or 166 to 200 miles per hour. Now, this tornado can cause extreme damage. Well-constructed houses will be completely leveled. Cars and small houses turned into firing missiles meaning they get thrown at people, and skyscrapers will be badly damaged. The EF-5 is has a diameter of 1,000 meters or 3,280 feet. It is usually greater than in speed, that greater than 322 kilometers, um, kilometers per hour, or 200 greater than 200 miles per hour. Um, it causes cat catastrophic damage. Trucks and big houses will be turned into firing missiles. Steel structures will completely be damaged and skyscrapers will be collapsed. Then it shows after this one, the Joplin tornado. Um, with a diameter of, and this happened in 2011, with a diameter of 1,600 meters uh, or 5,250 feet. It was the costliest tornado ever at an estimated 2.8 billion US dollars, which with inflation now it'd be over 8 million or 8 billion. Um, the Oklahoma tornado in 1999 with a diameter of 1,400 meters uh, or 4,680 feet. It was the fastest tornado ever at 484 kilometers per hour or 300 miles per hour hour which does it have the other one on here because I thought this one said it ended up being faster hmm. I'm interested I, I think this one pops up in here too I'm wondering how this is gonna compare then it brings up the tri-state tornado in 1925 it um, was the longest path traveled it traveled 378 kilometers or 235 miles its fastest fastest forward speed was 117 kilometers or 72 miles per hour fast forward speed does that mean it's like super fast i don't that's confusing um it was the deadliest tornado in the u.s there were 625 deaths then there was the more tornado which everyone was a little anxious and nervous about with the el reno because that happened just before the el reno one happened um and thousands of houses were destroyed by that one size. And then the Dilopiter and Satura tornado in 2011 was the deadliest tornado ever, taking 1,300 lives. Next up was the El Reno tornado that we just talked about. It was the largest tornado. So not the fastest. That's right. It was not the fastest. It was the largest. 
That video is absolutely fascinating. I hope I you go check it out because that was very nice to actually have a visual to see like how big they are compared to each other. So, and they have really cool videos that I'll have to go into more um, just about like the different like antimatter bombs and how big they are in comparison to each other and how big wildfires are in comparison. Anyways, great videos, great videos, very interesting. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. This is a long one. I hope wherever you are driving to for Thanksgiving, this gave you a little bit of time and fun that you had something great to listen to. So thank you so much for being here and we'll see you next time on the Mystery Kids Podcast. Thanks for listening.